strong word and say, hey, not me. The Bible says I am blessed. The Bible says he was made poor that I may become rich. The Bible says I am not weak. The Bible says I am the head and not the tail. Go ahead and reign in life. Go ahead and move mountains. Go ahead and jump. Go ahead and win. Go and make lots of progress in life. Why? It's possible. You are listening to our podcast by Senior Pastor of Life Free Church, Prophet Gomezio Shamani. Matthew 28 and verse 12. Now, I'm going to share something with you and uh, we're going to pray and just allow the Lord to minister to us. You can just shake your neighbor and tell them, get ready for that. Otherwise, it's good to be here. And I'm so delighted to have each and every one of you present today. And I know God has something special for us. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Uh Glory. Before the Lord Jesus died, the Bible shows us of how he gave a blueprint of what he intended to do. He gave a blueprint of what he was supposed to go through. The Bible shows us how the Lord Jesus Christ himself said he was going to suffer many things and after suffering those things, he would eventually die. Furthermore, the Bible tells us that he makes mention that after three days, He was going to rise from the dead. And that's so lovely. Now, inasmuch as the Lord Jesus Christ made mention of this, you understand from the reality of Scripture, starting from Genesis, that every time God wanted to do something, every time God wanted to move in a certain place or any time that there was an agenda of God about to be demonstrated, the enemy would come in in a certain way to try to cause the people or to try to cause the recipients of God's move to perceive that that move is either fake or a scam. Hallelujah. So it's very interesting that when God created man in Genesis, the serpent went and began to deceive man or the woman. And as he deceived, he tried to show the man or rather the woman that this thing that God is guiding you is a scam. In short, deception 
is a tool that Satan has been using from the beginning and still uses it, uses it even now to distort truth or to conceal truth. And it's very interesting that if somebody is convinced that what they are doing or what they are yet to experience is a scam, then it has an impact on their faith. It has an impact on their believing. Therefore, opening a door for doubt and many other traits altogether. Praise be to God. Now, after Jesus already gave a blueprint to his own disciples and many other people, the Bible shows us that Jesus dies. But when he dies, something peculiar takes place. The Bible tells us that after days, an angel of the Lord comes and rolls the stone away. And when he rolls the stone away, he is seated on the stone. But before that even happens, the Bible tells us that there were guards who were guarding the tomb of Jesus. Why were they guarding the tomb of Jesus? Because they knew that Jesus said, after three days, I'm going to rise again. So they ensured that that stone was not going to move. And if that stone was not going to move, then there is no way we're going to permit the resurrection. Hallelujah. Yet when the angel of the Lord came, the Bible tells us how he moved the great stone. Suddenly when people got to check, they noticed that Jesus is no longer in the grave. But in Matthew chapter number 28 and verse 15, or rather and verse 12, the Bible tells us that the soldiers actually went to report to the chief priests. They went to report that this side, this is what has happened. It seems like this man who gave a blueprint has actually has, has come back from the dead. He's actually alive today. So when the soldiers reported that to the chief priest, the Bible tells us that the elders decided to give money gave money to the chief to, to the to the soldiers and said don't tell anyone of what has happened don't tell people that jesus awoke don't tell anyone that there was a mighty encounter we are paying you to say a lie and the lie that you need to say is that the disciples woke up at night and stole the body of jesus but if you can read from that scripture, the Bible tells us that they were paid a large sum of money to do so. Imagine being offered so much for the purpose of wickedness. Listen, wickedness, wickedness also puts people on payroll. Jesus never, Judas never, never Never betrayed Jesus for free. <laughs> he was put on payroll. Who is sponsoring your mission? Glory to God. 
So the Bible shows us that these people were paid. This is just to show us how the enemy is so deliberate, how the enemy loves to ensure that whenever a blueprint has been given to you, he wants to do whatever it takes to prove to you that what you are experiencing or what you are going through is perhaps a scam. That word which you received at the beginning of the year that you were going to be great and you're going to move in higher heights, that the Lord was going to use you mightily, suddenly it's like the enemy begins to speak to you, to speak to your mind, to tell you that thing that you experienced. Are you sure you can be used of the Lord, you same one? He's trying to convince you that the word of the Lord is a scam. And if you're convinced that the word of the Lord is a scam, my goodness, it is a big problem. Glory to God. I say glory to God. Constantly, this is what we see the enemy doing. Have you noticed? Right now we are having what are known as Easter celebrations. And as we are having Easter celebrations... It's very, very interesting that in Christianity and even just all around the world, there seems to be a shift in whom or what we seem to be celebrating. Why? When we talk about this, the resurrection, when we talk about the death, the resurrection of Jesus, that is a mighty moment that happened which should impact many lives. But there has been a shift that has taken place. Easter is about a rabbit. Ah. A deliberate agenda sponsored. Do you know that during Easter, <laughs> do you know that during Easter, they have all around, they have what are known as Easter eggs, Easter candy. In fact, history shows us that the most time candy is bought after Halloween is Easter. Why are we buying sweets instead of going down on our knees? Why? When there is a work, when there is a move, the enemy wants to initiate deception so that you and I can believe that this thing is a scam and so today even Christians have adopted this funny theory theory these Christians have adopted this funny ways of life and they say okay during Easter we're gonna have what is known as an Easter bunny And they'll take pictures of it. Now they're even bringing the bunny in church. You dress like a bunny and say, I am the Easter bunny bringing to you the eggs of life. What eggs of life? Eggs of life. <laughs> I'll show you something. Remember I told you deception is simply distortion of truth or concealment of truth. Historians say in the 13th century, this idea of the Easter Bunny was introduced by German immigrants who went to America and they said there is this rabbit that lays eggs. 
Now it's very, very interesting. Remember, the whole idea of us celebrating our Easter is to celebrate a powerful miracle that took place of the Lord Jesus Christ dying and then after three days coming up again. But it seems so interesting that when these German immigrants are presenting this idea to the masses, they are not changing the fact that there is a miracle taking place because they are proving to you that there is a rabbit that is laying eggs. Very strange. In fact, that's a miracle. Because I'm looking for one. If I can find one. Some of you, if you can find a rabbit that lays, lays eggs, you might end up saying, Holy! <laughs> but, you see that in distortion of truth, they maintain the context of a miracle but shift the focus of the miracle and how do you reduce the focus from a king to a creature hallelujah and that's why even today some of you perhaps even texted somebody and said, what have you gotten me for Easter? Ekatiexen for Easter. Why? Your understanding of what is really meant to be fundamental, to challenge and even shift your life has been changed. It's very interesting how Paul teaches us in the epistles to learn to hold on to the truth to learn to hold on and even place focus on the Lord in fact when you study Galatians chapter number one the Bible tells us over how Paul in verse 15 and 16 said it pleased God the Father to introduce and reveal to me Jesus Christ Paul boasted of how he knew the Lord Jesus Christ he declared of how there was a revelation that God expressed concerning Jesus Christ right there to him in fact when you read him declare that it's like the man knew Jesus every part of Jesus everything that had to do with Jesus but what's very interesting and very, very fascinating to you, to us readers of the word, is that while this man in Galatians 1 verse 16 is saying, it pleased God to reveal Jesus to me, in Philippians chapter number 3 and verse 10, the Bible tells us that Paul is making a prayer and he's saying concerning the Lord Jesus Christ, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection sir i thought you already knew him for him his current experiential knowledge or his current relationship knowledge was not the end of it all for him his walk with God, pursuit to know the Lord Jesus Christ was a constant, constant thing. 
Imagine he says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Why does he want to know the power of his resurrection? Why, want, why does he want to know the sponsor of what brought him back to life again? Why does Jesus, or rather, why does Paul want to know that? It's because the miracle that happened at the death and resurrection of Jesus is so mind-blowing. Strange. Him coming back to life is strange. Colossians describes him as the firstborn from the dead. So he really wants to know, he says, how is he the firstborn from the dead? How? When people started resurrecting from, Gen from, 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 from the Old Testament, how is he really the firstborn from the dead? What really took place in resurrection? Those are the things we should begin to pursue and understand because they will help us with our walk with God. But if I were to ask you this question, do you know the Lord? What would be your response? Do you know the Lord? Do you know Jesus? Ask your neighbor that. Do you know Jesus? And what have they answered you? Everyone said yes. Amazing. But I'll tell you one thing. We can boast to know Jesus, but the truth is, do we really know Jesus? In, in, in really expressing ourselves, we can boast to know him. But the question is, do we really know him? Why am I saying so? Because my Bible tells me, a demon once said, Jesus I know. Paul I know. So is your knowledge on demon? <laughs> what level do you know God? What level do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus the same way those demons know Jesus? Or do you know Jesus best on interaction? Best on revelation? Best on fellowship? Best on deep intimacy with him? Or do you know Jesus the same way the demons know the, him? They would say, Jesus we know. Even Paul we know. Hallelujah. Saints of God, how there is a great desire to know him deeply how there is a great demand to know him deeply and seriously increase in revelation with him you may wonder why so it just changes and affects all realities that surround you it really does it changes how you're going to experience things 
It changes how you are going to speak to God. How you are going to address circumstances. I'm reminded of a time after Jesus rose from the dead. The Bible tells us that women went with spices on the day of his resurrection. They went with spices now to do what? They went with spices to minister to his body. To minister to his body, not to resurrect, but to embalm him so that he remains fresh in death. But the Bible tells us when they reached there, they found nothing. Then angels came with a very powerful statement. Do you know what they said? Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? Why are you looking for the living amongst the dead? Listen. If I, if I were to echo what the angels are saying, some of the questions we would ask you, because you've not gotten to know Jesus, there is a certain thought line that many people have concerning Jesus. Some people believe and think Jesus is the author of their problems because they lack a revelation of him. And my question to you is why are you seeking what he is not? Why are you seeking what he is not? Instead of getting to a place of really upgrading and knowing him more deeply. In John chapter number 11, the Bible tells us of a time that one of the people that was dear to Jesus, Lazarus, Lazarus died. But before he died, Jesus made a declaration and said, this sickness of Lazarus will not end in death. After Lazarus died and four days later, Jesus appeared. Martha went to the Lord Jesus and said, if only you had come earlier. Do you know the revelation she was standing on? She was declaring the Lord Jesus as a late karma. She was declaring the Lord Jesus as one that delays. Looking for him in a place of revelation that he never resides in. Looking for him amongst the dead when he's alive. And Jesus tells her, do not worry. He will live again. But you know what? Martha responds and says, I know he will 
at the resurrection. And Jesus is just trying to tell her now, Martha, 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 you're holding on to a wrong revelation. I don't reside there. How would you declare that Lazarus will rise again at the resurrection? Perhaps let me lift you to the place where you should begin to see me. And Jesus declares, while you are waiting for Lazarus to rise at the resurrection, I want you to know today that I am the resurrection and I am the life. Upgrade to that revelation. Upgrade to knowing me. Wow. This is the kind of revelation that Mary, the mother of Jesus, already had. Such that before the manifestation of Jesus, before his time, wine had run out at the wedding of Cana. And Mary calls the people and says, you don't have wine? Go to that man. He will do whatever, whatever he tells you to do. Do it. Do it. Why? She knew. <laughs> she knew who he was. My goodness. But the Lord Jesus declares. He declares to Martha. That he is the resurrection. And when he does that, we know that true to Jesus' word, Lazarus rises from the dead. Listen, when you function from a place where you know God, everything about you changes. Even your own language, even your own walk, even your own talk, everything about you changes. And I'll prove it to you. Why is it that concerning death, Jesus would call the people that are dead sleeping. It's a level. He would call them sleeping. And people would laugh. Why would they laugh? It's their level. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. When you grow in your walk with God and in your walk in getting to know the Lord Jesus Christ even more and more. A time will come when you will begin to look at your circumstances and when you look at the circumstances, you will describe them the way Paul is describing them. He says these are a light affliction. How do you call something that is overwhelming you a light affliction? Why? He has a revelation that that which he's facing would definitely turn around for his good. Is that the same revelation you hold of the Lord Jesus? Is that the same revelation you have? Are you seeking him? Saints of God, remember I said deception is really something that seeks to distort the truth. And just not only seeks to distort the truth, but also seeks to shift focus whom you're actually focusing on and what really matters in this time as this what really matters in this time like this is where have you placed focus on where are you placing your focus 
Gen- uh, Hebrews tells us that we ought to keep our eyes fixed looking unto who looking unto who Jesus the author and perfect our faith that's where our focus needs to be fixed it is the same formula that Peter used he looked to Jesus as he walked on water but you know what made him sink it was a focus shift it was a focus shift the waves the winds and all those things I'll tell you this there are two kinds of shifts you can make against the Lord number one do you notice that Peter walked on water right what was that called a miracle what was that called an advancement what was that called progress yet he began to look at the waves there are people that kept their eyes on Jesus and look at the waves the waves and the winds are symbolic of problems but yet again I know in as much as there are people that look at the waves and winds that have problems or that look at problems I know there's another kind of people that remove their eyes from Jesus and begin to look at the water they are walking on they begin to place focus on their progress they begin to focus on their next level oh I have made it in life now Oh, now I have a ring. Oh, now I have this. Oh, now I have that. And as they are focusing on their progress, they forget the author of progress. Listen! As you grow and focus on the Lord, don't forget He that caused you to walk on water. Don't forget he that caused you to walk on water. Don't forget he that gave you that life. Don't forget he that gave you purpose, that gave you progress. Don't forget. Because your growth in him will be advantageous as you live here on earth i may speak to believers why should my focus on jesus remain sustained because i want to avoid becoming like doubting thomas i want to tell you something about thomas Thomas doubted the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. But let's say let's hear something about Thomas. Thomas was one of the 12, right? He was sent with the rest of the 11 to do what? To heal the sick. They saw the power of God. He was sent with the rest of the 11 to cast out demons. 
he saw the power of God. He saw how Jesus interrupted a funeral and raised someone from the dead. He knew of the account of Lazarus rising from the dead through the workings of the Lord Jesus Christ. He heard Jesus say to him and say to the rest that I will suffer, I will be beaten, I will die, and I will rise. He saw those things happen one by one. Jesus was caught, he suffered, he was beaten, he died, but he doubted the resurrection of whom he witnessed power firsthand. And he said to himself, until I see and until I touch, the resurrection is a scam. It's a scam. We have people today that are in Christian circles and have allowed themselves to place focus on other things. Not knowing that their focus on other things is causing them to have false revelations, deceptions about the Lord Jesus Christ. And they say to themselves, this thing for Christianity, this thing for Bible, Bible, it's just white men. It's just Vazungu who just brought for you guys to keep you bound. They will say this, this and that. Yet this person used to be a powerful intercessor. This person used to pray. But I don't know what they looked at. Whether they looked at the winds and the waves or whether they looked at the water they are walking on. That distorted their view of the Lord Jesus. And they doubt his existence. They doubt who he is. And that has impact on their faith. Saints of God, I came to tell you once more. I came to tell you again. That what Jesus Christ did here on earth is not a scam. Not only is it not a scam, it is very true and authentic. It is very true and powerful. But we've got to start by knowing and believing that what he did was so, so great and amazing that surely that grave 2,000 years ago became empty. In fact, that was not even his grave. It was a borrowed one. He didn't need his own grave because that was not a stained place. It was a place of transition. Hallelujah. You've got to do that because as you do that, you're going to trust in God. As you do that, you'll get to a place where when you quote scripture, 
scripture will come alive for you when you say some trust in chariots others in horses but inne inne i trust in the name of the lord for the name of the lord is a strong tower the righteous run into it and they are safe they know that i find safety in jesus christ they know it no one can tell them that jesus is a scam they get to a place and declare like the psalmist whom do i have in heaven but you and on earth nothing that i desire but you alone as the deer pants for water so my soul longs for you he is longing for somebody that is living and is alive he is longing for somebody that can work out something he is not intimidated when he is like ezekiel in the valley of the dry bones the situations do not intimidate him because he knows that he can ask the lord and when the lord tells him son of man can in these bones live again ezekiel can say i don't know but you have the answer in fact i know you are the answer so let me get it directly from you today and when the lord says that ah, you have answered very clever he will say son of man speak to these bones you cannot speak to bones if you have no confidence from the word that you've received or where it's coming from do you know why you're not speaking to bones do you know why you are saying this situation will just continue it's because there is a missing revelation or knowledge a missing relationship knowledge with the lord jesus and all you are left with is just knowing about jesus but demons know that in fact demons are knowledgeable about the work of jesus to the extent that they even said jesus what do you have to do with us this time because it is not yet our time they knew who the final judge would be they knew what do you know jesus as he is my lord yet even lord you don't understand what lord is lord is honor so why do you have the will ah i came to speak about a time as this where the people of zion shall know the lord they shall know the lord with all their hearts they shall know the lord in truth they shall know the lord and serve him in spirit they shall understand the realities of the resurrection of jesus and begin to declare them in times like this while the world is going to be threatening systems threatening schools you and i have to arise 
and say, I know the God that I serve, and this is a time that I was born for. I stand for the sake of Ridgeway. I stand for the sake of all universities. And I communicate a rapid change. I stand for the sake of my family. I have sufficient and authentic truth about Jesus and changing and unshakable truth about him and no one can tell me Jesus is a scam. The only scam I know is life without him. That's the only scam I know. That's the only scam I know. But because I know what the Lord Jesus did, oh my goodness. I will trust in him. I will know him even more. I will say like the Apostle Paul saying, I consider everything as done as useless compared to the knowledge of Jesus that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Then you begin to make prayers like that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. Therefore I am energized. Therefore I experience progress. Therefore I experience the power of the Most High. Therefore I change my situation. Therefore I believe, I believe, I believe in Jesus the Son of the living God. And because I believe in Him, I will speak to mountains and tell them be cast in the sea. I will speak to valleys. I will speak to any situation and I'll say hear the word of the Lord hear the grace of the Lord that Jesus is alive and as surely as he lives everything must obey everything must comply and I'm here as a compliance officer of heaven to prove to you that Jesus died and rose again. You are here as a compliance officer inspecting the city of Lusaka, inspecting your family. And when you find sickness, you say, eh, 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 eh. As a compliance officer, I saw that you were charged with a penalty of death 2,000 years ago. So you are illegal in this place. And so in the name of Jesus, by virtue of what happened on the cross, by virtue of what the Lord Jesus did, I declare to you as a compliance officer, this is not your place. And I say, leave. Go. Go. In the name of Jesus, as a compliance officer, I communicate what the Lord Jesus communicated 2,000 years ago. And I'll come to my life, come to the family, my family's life, and I'll say, ah. But mm, there is something that was given to you 2,000 years ago that I am not seeing in your life. But the Bible tells me that many are the promises of God. And in Him, they are yes and they are amen. Hey, heaven has said yes, number one. And number two, I am saying amen for you. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus.
be aware in these last days to never be scammed of the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's rise to our feet. Thank you.